Booyakasha, welcome back to another episode of If You Can't Handle the Heat. It's your boy G Swizz, joined by my brother, Jokesy. Jokesy, what's up, brother? What's up, everybody? And of course, we got all the way in Turkey, Hawaii's chosen child, Micah. Micah, what's up, brother? What's up, Gage? And we are not alone today. As you can see, the man by Micah's side. We have someone who is largely considered the greatest server in the world. Largely considered the greatest ops in the world. The current go-to hitter for our boy Micah. The man, the myth, the legend, Namir Abdel Aziz. Namir, my man, thanks for hopping on the show, man. Hello, guys. Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Hey, the pleasure's all ours. With that being said, like we talked about, sometimes I try and tell the bios of the players. I don't do a great job of that, so I'm going to leave it to yourself. What would you... for? Let's start with this. Let's start with this. Where'd you start playing volleyball? Your nationality? Because some people are like, oh, he's from Italy because he played so many years in Italy or he's where, wherever he's from. Let's start where you start playing volleyball, kind of leading up to where you are now. Well, I was born in Holland and uh, there I started to play volleyball also till I was uh, 17 or 18. I played there. Then I went to Italy, uh, to Turkey, to Poland, to France, and now, no, back in Italy. And now I'm back in Turkey, so I traveled around a bit. And, uh, well, that's me. That's good. <laughs> that's sick. I mean, not, I mean, one of the things that I like that we've noticed about pro volleyball is that it takes you places, right? It takes you places maybe that you would never even go to. As a European, as, as someone who's born in Europe, who's European, maybe you would have a bigger chance to visit those places. But now that you're playing volleyball, would you say that out of all those places, what are your favorite places to visit out of like all those uh, countries? Um, well, let's say Italy then, because I spend a large part of my life, I spend it there. Um, I like the country. Um, and so for, if, if I have to speak as a volleyball player, then I would, to, uh, then I would have to say Italy, because Come on. I think it's the best place to play volleyball, the nicest place to play volleyball with the highest level currently, I think. So then I have to say Italy, yes. And before, before I kind of want to get into the... the the questions about volleyball itself. Would do you make it? So us Americans, we're kind of known as being like really, really lazy. I'm sure you play with a bunch of Americans, um, and not great with languages. And like, like for example, we know English, and that's it. Rather than Europeans, I'm sure you know more languages than I ever will ever know. So do you like when you when you play in another country? Do you make it like a like a thing where you're like, okay, I'm gonna learn this language. I'm gonna kind of get behind the culture. I'm not gonna be like those lazy Americans. <laughs> yes, I do that because. Um I like it if I if I am somewhere to to know the culture to start to know the language because it's it's making also it's making it also easier to live somewhere, at least to make you understandable that you can right. do your groceries that you can order something that you can call a taxi or something. So, I think everybody sh should do it because it's gonna help you afterwards. Right, and is there something that like when you're on a team with another foreigner from not the country you're playing in, is there something that annoys you that they don't do that? For example, like not learning the language or something where you're like, hey, like if you're from a different country, you should be doing this when you visit no, or you play no, in their no, country. That's, no, that's no problem for me because okay. everybody, everybody has to choose it by, by right. himself. In the end, we are here to, to play volleyball. And of course, you need to know the things that we have to know in the court. But what everybody else does outside of the court, I'm not, I don't really care. Of course, of course. Uh, we kind of want to get, in, get into like the game itself. We know you kind of started a setter. And I want my brother here is a setter as well. Um, he can he can kind of go out piggyback off me here, but we know you kind of transition from setter to opposite, and is this something? Because I know and Mike is a setter as well, 
And something we've talked about in this podcast before is, you know, when, for example, when a coach kind of goes in our, in our opinions a little too far and they try and change something completely about something completely different about your game. Right. But when we talk about it, we're talking about within our own position. I don't think we've ever been in a situation where someone's like, uh, you're going to change positions rather than like change something within your own position rather than change entirely new position. Is that something that you kind of opened with, um, with open arms or welcome with open arms or were you kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this. Well, basically it, it was my choice. So, uh, yes, the co- the coach, he basically gave me the choice in the end of the season because I had, it was in France. I had a two year contract during the season. We had some injuries, so there were not, there were no attackers anymore. So he said, you have to play as an outside hitter. I played four or five games like this. And then I went back setting. And in the end of the season, he said, I liked how you played as an attacker in these games. So I'm going to give you the choice. You have one more year contract. Uh, we keep the contract, but you choose on which position you're going to stay. So I never felt pushed or something because it was completely my own choice. I didn't even know that. Micah loves the attack, and he's very, very good at it. He's very humble, so he won't maybe admit that, but he's very, very good at attacking. And, and Joe always said, as a setter, his favorite skill was attacking, so he tries to do, do it as many times as possible. So we're wondering if he's still doing it in practice. <laughs> yes, he's still doing this. And to be honest, in this thing, I recognize myself a lot because when I was a setter, every moment <laughs> I could attack, I was attacking. So when we are drinking water, he is just fighting <laughs> with somebody <laughs> alone or he finds somebody who set him the ball. So, yes, he's still doing that. Is there ever a part where you, is there ever a time like in a match where I'm sure Micah, Micah is, plays kind of all wild but still very athletic so he can do some incredible things. So is there ever a time where he's, he's like attacking and you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like ever like a time where you're just like, what is he doing? Like or just like set me the ball or anything like that? <laughs> no, not really because. Man, he honest, played with Irvin. To be honest. Oh, that's true. So. And I, li- and I, and I like when he does it and i can understand him completely so if he wants to attack and if he thinks that this he has a possibility to attack the ball for me it's no problem even in practice sometimes if we have the possibility if i have to take over reception or something right i try to set it to him so it's uh i never had anyone that's like been in my position even close and then i have now playing with nimir someone that like obviously is able to set an attack at a ridiculous level um, it's pretty nice to be able to like interact on the court and have like a lot of fluidity. Actually, we have a another guy who set and won a Turkish championship and is now a receiver on our team. So we have three players that have set and attacked like at the national team level, which I think is sick because you just can do a lot of things. So I don't know. So, we had one practice the other day where we were trying whatever we wanted and some things worked, some things didn't. It's always fun. So is did, Namir, did you give him any advice? Give Mike advice because you were in his shoes, like you said. Yeah, but I don't think I'm giving a lot of advice. No, not to too him. much. No, no, no sometimes, some things, some, but yeah, not some, about like I'm attacking and no, setting. No, because the fact that I was a setter, I know also how annoying it is if you have an attacker that is <laughs> saying something on every ball or this yeah. a little bit higher, a little bit lower, a little bit faster, a little bit slower. So I just let him play because he knows how to play. It's not that we have one guy in the team that we that he need to learn to play or something. And in this team, we have all almost all the guys that are in the starting six. They are experienced, so we are not like 
coaching a lot on how to play their game. We are speaking about our team, the things we have to do. I don't know in defense or in service, but like for setting, no, not really. Of course, we speak. Sometimes I say maybe in this situation we can play it like this or like that, but not at every point or every no. And yeah. like I said, I don't like it because I was in the position of a setter, and it's the most annoying thing. And that's also a thing when I change the position. I told myself I don't want to be like this because I know how annoying it is and in the I, end I also don't have much problems for me I just want the ball and if it's high <laughs> low of the <laughs> so the only problem we can have is in one set after 15 16 17 points he didn't give me a ball then we might have a problem but for the rest everything is good you know I've been watching the games I don't think that's a, I don't think that occurrence has happened yet I think it's been no, giving you every now, every till now, till now <laughs> well also that's that makes I don't know Joe if you're the same way but as a setter when you're getting set you just don't have a problem with the set because like I'm just like if it's above the net yeah it's my job my responsibility I gotta kill it and if not I'll try and make a good choice and it's like as long as the ball's coming to me I'm happy yeah I don't know maybe you haven't spiked a lot but no, we, that's how I feel whenever I spike too I'm the same way that goes to like our junior, like in university, our Serbian coach. He uh, he trained the same way. He's like one on one, just speed of the hand, speed of the hand. And he trained our pin attackers always with that, like one on one, just being fast to the ball, feet to the ball, and faster than the block, out of the rhythm of the block. And that's when, and it's like he doesn't. He always told the haters, it doesn't matter so much where the ball is, the height and stuff. If it's one on one, you have to beat the block with your hand and your feet. And so, and that's one thing I, you know, and I loved, and he. Train, I think our our opposite and our receivers really well with. Um, I don't know. Do you know Milan Zarkovic? Do you know that name? Who? Milan, Milan Zarkovic. No. no. He trained a lot. No. He was junior national team coach with like Lisinac and um, Kovacevic and all those guys. He was he worked with them. Uh, um, maybe if I see his face, I think yeah. I will recognize him because he's a, a lot of so many people I run into in Europe. We were just down at CV Cup in like Montenegro and. These random old guys walk at the, so many people know this guy. And he trained a lot. He's worked with the USA national team now a little bit uh, in the gym. And so, um, but it's impressive to see just you, the transition. Um, I think both you and Micah are some like two people who people talk about a lot being, um, being able to perform at a high level in two positions on the international stage is so impressive. So uh, really, really a huge. Uh, I have some questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. If I can rattle him off. Okay. So, obviously, Namir has a ridiculous serve, and it's because he's just super powerful. And I think I've asked this before, but I feel like a lot of people are going to wonder, and a lot of people ask, like, how can I get stronger at this? How can I get better at that? So, we have one of the best in the world. So, is there any advice you can give to hit the ball harder? From like weight, weights, nutrition, like anything, mindset. Well, weights or nutrition, I don't know because I'm <laughs> not like a really a weight weight freak and I eat what I want. But I because in the end, like I'm skinny. It's not that I'm. If you see me, well, this guy is strong. It's like I think the most important thing is your the technique of the surf. Like the most important thing is your toss to keep that like stable all the time because then you find always the same rhythm and then you can improve the hit like it's difficult i cannot explain how to attack harder mm -hmm. but i think if the technique is good and the timing is good 
the ball is going to go right better so i think the main focus should be like everybody has his own steps because i make a strange step backwards before i'm yeah I, i'm going somehow somehow pedraskinen does the same thing and yeah. it makes no sense no it makes like, no sense how do you guys do that and then some others they throw it low the others throw it high uh so you have to find your own way to serve but when you find this this you need to like perfection like the toss and your approach that's the most important thing to have a, to have a good serve so it's more I have the two, rhythm i think it's timing. the rhythm yeah so i have two questions for that one like you said you play with a lot of players who have effective serves different tosses would you say like out of like out of all the players you play with i mean you play with including yourself some of the best servers in the world is there like a certain toss like a high toss like yourself that's like okay like all the best players in the world have this type of toss um or is it just kind of person to person no it's it's really person to person because i'm throwing it for example extremely high you have players uh, that are throwing it low so i think it's, it's really personal you have to feel good on your approach so i can right. say to somebody if you want to serve like me you have to throw it really high but maybe with his steps he's not gonna for me it's more difficult to have a low toss and for some other people they would say but it's difficult to take yeah. the ball in the right place if you throw it so high so that's i think it's really it's really personal was ever a time in your career where you well first of all how did you discover the high toss because for me naturally i have a lower toss so for me yeah how did you like discover okay i'm gonna toss it high i'm gonna step back and then i'm gonna go forward how how did you discover yeah. that and then was there ever a time where you're just like completely just mishitting spatching the balls sending them like all over or was it just automatic all the time oh for sure i had some mishits but not 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 so much and the throw i don't know like i think before it was even higher and i just started like this like my timing is i feel better when with the with the high toss also with a really high ball set i feel yeah, good yeah, because yeah. i can just take my approach see the ball and and go so I don't know if you can explain or say in which moment you do something like how somebody throw a ball. It's like how you right. feel to throw it. So it's Natural. like I need to get the ball there on the other side. I throw it and I do something and this feels good and I continue to do it. So I didn't say, okay, now I'm going to make one step back. I throw it higher. <laughs> step. No, I just threw the ball and I tried to get it there. And then by doing it, you have your, your thing. I think it's just, well, one, it's athleticism, but two, I think (coughs) putting that together with, like, what he's spoken about before, I think it's just what gets the most out of your, like, rhythm and timing and what makes you feel the most, like, together, not, like, to get all, like, voodoo on it, but what allows you to be the most, like, with the ball and most comfortable with your timing and rhythm, and some guys are slower and they need the ball, like, really high so that they can at least get everything going and it's going to be like a stronger serve if they give themselves some time and some guys are like super quick and like maybe struggle with a higher toss and can't get the footwork down and like make sure that they're speeding up at the right time so they keep it low and they can go slow to fast a lot easier so i think putting his his own advice together with how he figured it out it just has to be personal one one curious thing with someone who has played you played opposite. You played setter. Set. What I've learned is setters love to attack the ball as much as possible. 
and opposites love to pass. You know, like I said, like you said, when when you're getting water, Mike is hitting balls, right? Middles love to pass. So what I've learned is opposite position positions like to do their opposites. So you've played a lot of different. You've played two positions that kind of do it all. Is there like a skill that mo- that some people may not know about that you really really like or is your favorite um, that you like to do like just for fun? Mm. Now I say you like setting. Yes, I like setting, but <laughs> just like, but I like the sets like during the game of a really far defense that I have yeah, to set yeah, a high yeah. ball. It's not that I'm <laughs> really setting during yeah. practice, but these balls I like because I don't know. It's something from the from the past, but the, the most difficult balls to set from far. This one I like to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the most flashy too. It's, it's the coolest because you like see the ball and you see it and you're like, yeah. oh yeah. And you, you just see it. Di- you feel it also directly when it's oh, yeah. coming out of your hand. You know, okay, yeah, this one is yeah, good. This, this is one nice. Okay, yeah. I have another sure. question. Gage, do you have one? Okay. No, no, go for it. What is like some advice to someone that's changing positions, uh, especially later on in their career? Do you have any advice of like how to make that process a little smoother or things that you should pay attention to or like. Um, yeah, I guess how do you make that transition if you've been a middle for 10 years? What are some keys to becoming a good outside or whatever the case may be if you're switching? Well, the first thing, you need to be sure about it. Like you need to be happy when you start mm-hmm. to do the new thing. Like for me, I was a setter, but in my head, I was always thinking about like I was happy I wasn't happy when I played an amazing set and somebody had no block and I was happy when I attacked the second ball or when I served <laughs> good or when I take a block or so in my head I wasn't a setter so the fact that when they give me the possibility to change in a uh, later on in my career in this moment I knew like if I not if I'm not going to do this later I'm going to I'm going to gr- regret it so the first thing is you need to be happy about it and you need to be sure about it. Then the second thing, I don't think you have to think I want to be a good mm-hmm. outside hitter or an, or an opposite because you won't know if you are going to be good. And then already you are putting pressure on yourself yeah, because yeah, yeah. they know you as the, for example, my they know me as the setter. Right. If I'm thinking, no, I have to do this good because if I'm not attacking good now, they know that I don't want to set, but I'm also not a good attacker. Attacker, right, right, right. So <laughs> you have to be really clear in your mind and then just enjoy because I remember that from like it was it became almost like a normal rhythm. No, I'm coming to practice. Yeah. I set my balls. I come home. The game, the games I always like, but like the practice was starting to be difficult. So in this moment when you know, OK, I want to change. You was I. What I saw is like the moment I was practicing as opposite, I felt like fresh. I felt happy. And then just try because you, you cannot do everything good. But you have to find out like okay, first ten fast balls that I attack. Okay, this one, in this approach I attacked good. So okay, that I have to remember. So the next day this one I know, <laughs> and you have to continue like this because I'm still learning. It's only five six years that I played opposite. So it's like I'm basically in the beginning. Yeah. of my opposite career yeah. and that's a fact so you need to listen to see and to understand what is working for you how it's gonna work uh, how it's going the next day and that's it i was also lucky that after one year i came in uh, in a team with uh, gianni as a andrea gianni as a head coach who was maybe one of the greatest attackers of of the planet 
and he played middle he played opposite he played outside hitter so he helped me a lot because he understands what is mm-hmm. what it means to to change but for me the fact that i knew that i made a good choice that i was happy to do something and then you want to learn that's <coughs> the most important thing so if you get forced to do a different role and you don't like it i don't think it's gonna yeah you're not gonna really work. It or get better no so do you feel like you have more control of the outcome of the game as a setter or as an opposite that's a good question gage for well i give a question but it's not for me the most the setter is the most important player on the court like because he's making the game but in the end the opposite need to make the point so he will <laughs> he will decide more because he's getting the ball and in the end you win if you make more points right that's so a good I, question so so it's a really good question so it's like it's it's a combination because in the end um both are really important but the the one that makes points is going to have more influence on the game but it's also the fact the one that has to make points need to get the ball from the setter so it's <laughs> right it's there yeah, yeah, yeah. so in that line of thinking i'm a libero right would you say that liberos are overrated underrated or rated just fine as in how they affect the game you know, obviously, obviously, we're gonna get paid the least because we don't score, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes we get overlooked, and you can be very honest with me. That's okay. Like I, I, we, I know where I am on the totem pole. I know where I am on the food chain. But as a libero, would, would you, what would you say? Well, I think they are rated good now because uh, everybody knows in this moment how important they are because how the game is now, the reception and especially defense and cover it's it's a really important part of the of the game so i think in this moment they are like rated good because we know how important they are so i think in like in places that know volleyball and like have a respect for volleyball they're rated good right and then if you get to a place that like might just be wanting to just high ah balls and like just look at the guy that's bouncing, then they might be underrated. Yeah. But at like the top levels, I feel like people are like, oh, we need a good libero. And right. They have a, yeah, they have a big part of the team. So what would you say the easiest and the hardest position in volleyball is? Hardest setter? Mm, easiest... You can say it. Uh, <laughs> no, but for me, no. Opposite, I think. Really? How so? If you, if you combine everything in the game, an outside hitter, they need to receive, they need, they need to attack, they need to serve, and they need to block. Okay. They need to okay. defense, they need to organize in uh, reception, everything. Mm-hmm. A setter, every ball is passing on a sense. So if you don't have if you don't have a good day, it's gonna be a bad day because <laughs> yeah. you're gonna yeah. touch the ball in every everything. Okay. We are there with Libero and opposite because they have like Right in the end opposite I need to attack the ball. It's that's my focus. I don't need to of course blocking mm-hmm. and serving, but it's not that it's a difficult a really difficult position. I'm there on the right. right side, the ball comes and they expect me to make the point. 
you know, do something good with the ball. Libro, you need to defense, you need to organize the reception, uh, you need to do a lot. So, if you watch it really simple, I think opposite is, I think, is the easiest. I think I might change my mind because opposite could be the easiest if you're not like a go-to opposite. That's true. If you're not like the go-to attacker and you're the opposite on the team, then your job's super easy. Because you're not getting any of like the, the balls at 24-24, 25-25. You're just getting some balls. You have to attack. And everyone on the team has to attack pretty much. So you're just one of everyone. And when it gets important, like trash balls, like we talked about, they're going to four now. So you don't have to deal with trash balls as much. And then if you have an outside like, I don't know, Leon or somebody like that, they're going to get the ball and I'm safe. Yeah, but he's right with the, with the fact it depends in which team you are playing. Uh, but I would say it's between opposite and libero. But for me, the outside hitters, setter, middle for me is also a difficult position because. But they're only on half the court, though. They're only on half the time. That's yeah, a that's a big argument that everyone has. You you need to be focused all the time, and if you want to be a good good middle blocker, you you have to really understand. Like, yeah, that's, yeah true. that's true. I that's can true. be stupid and attack a ball, and I'm opposite. <laughs> <laughs> And they don't. They need to understand the game. If not, you cannot play in this. That's true. But That's I true. do think that less light is shined on middles. So if you have a bad day in the middle, you get yeah. away with it yeah. a lot more Easier than like... Than, yeah. If you have a bad day as That's a setter, true. you're done. Yeah. If you have a That's bad true. day as like a go-to opposite, you're, you're out of the game. Libero, if you have a bad day, they just pick on you and that's tough. Outside, yeah, you can have a bad day and maybe we don't give you as much balls, but you're still in reception. As a middle, you just, if I'm having a bad day, perfect pass, I'm just going to jump with the middle. <laughs> and like, no one's going to really come to me and blame the loss on me. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. But, but you, you can't impact the I game as much. You can yes, hide. Yes, you, you can, can hide. hide. But if you want to be, be a, a good middle, good middle you it's need to a really be difficult. really good. It's yeah. a really difficult position. Because of, so, you have to actually stop the offense. Yeah. And nowadays, that's hard. That's true. But so we, in America, we have this thing called middle brain where it's like middles. Usually, I'll just say this, say this. Sometimes the lowest IQ people are in the middle for some reason, and they make probably maybe the lowest IQ volleyball plays on the court. Do you guys have that? That's Do definitely you have that in correct. The Netherlands? Do you have that in the Netherlands? Or has there ever been like a case where you're just like, what the hell is my middle doing right now? Or, or yeah, anything yeah. like that? A lot of times. But that's that's the thing. If you are, If you are not a good middle blocker you you pass fast to that yeah because if you see somebody in the middle doesn't un- he doesn't understand anything you think man what is this guy doing because he's moving from left to right, <laughs> to right. so it's 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 quickly looking stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. so then it seemed yeah. like okay the middles are the ones that yeah not but like the good middles they need to be like the yeah, smartest yeah, yeah. yeah. right right yeah. that's a good point that's a good point you you so you had talked about a little earlier kind of the the how volleyball, like when I asked you about liberos, how kind of volleyball has changed. Has there something that been at the beginning of your career and now you're kind of realizing and how the game is evolving? Is there something like a certain aspect or a certain thing that you kind of like on how it's evolving, like a certain part of like volleyball? Oh, it's moving in this direction. Or, oh, now people are starting to do this more in volleyball at a high level. Is there something that specifically or one thing that you really, really like in the direction that it's going? Well, I think now volleyball is getting, it's getting much more fun to watch 
because mm. it starts to be a little bit more, I would say, dirtier, you know, <laughs> with yeah. tips, with the covers, with the rallies are going to... Okay, so it depends a little bit. Or it can be a really high-level game and it's side <laughs> out, boom, boom, boom. But it can be also a really high-level game where the rallies are long, whereas tactic covering, recovering, recovering to finally make a point. So I think that's 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 nice and that is changing a lot, especially now with the teams. I think huge uh, impact friends they they had on mm -hmm. this game because people were seeing how they were playing like maybe with physically not the <laughs> biggest guys but how they like evolved their the mm -hmm. the way of playing they did it and you see that now on the high level it's it's starting to be more like this like in a difficult situation instead of taking the risk or still try to attack okay make one tip in the block we cover and we we try again so i think that's that's that changed a lot and that's nice because the game is getting more fun also like this right so you played a lot of you played pretty much all the top players in the world um is there a team or you can say player who is the most frustrating to play and who is the most team or player that is most fun to play mm. frustrated for me, He's mine was Kovacevic. Because blocking that guy, he knows how to go under the block, unlike any. He dude, he good. sneaks that ball yeah, yeah, under the yeah. block. Like, this high above the tape, every time in this guy, you can't block him. He's like, what the heck? Dude, this guy's so frustrating to play yeah, against. Yeah, that's true. But it's also a friend of me, so it's also fun to play against him. Right, if, you're, right. if you're watching this, yeah, he can make you frustrated because. In every strange position, he just he just yeah. find a way to pass the block, to make a tip, to touch your hands. So it's he's difficult to play with. But I'm not I'm not like having like really a Someone player that I'm out. like. No, he is one of the ones that mm -hmm. are annoying. I think Irvin can be really annoying to play against <laughs> because he's doing everything <laughs> that nobody can do and still it's working. And then he's smiling. So that can be, but it's also fun. I play with him, so it's also one of the most fun players to play with because everything can happen. And sometimes it can be also frustrating if he tries <laughs> something that you think, why you try this in this moment? But it's also one of the most fun players to play with because it's somebody that can do things that other player can other player can. Are you ever like, like for example, in a situation where you're like, maybe you shouldn't have tried that right there. Does he ever like try to explain himself, or is he like, mm, I try it, it didn't work? It's just, it's just what's, <laughs> what's coming in his head in this moment. So if he's and he's doing it, and then maybe after he say, ah, maybe I did a little bit too much, but he just <laughs> goes for it, and that's what makes him yeah. this player. Because if you see with the left, with the right, with the where he turn around, with the feet, everything. So if you see the compilation of things he did, and if you try it, because these attacks, it looks like. It's you can practice it, but you can't because it's 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 really difficult to do, and he's just doing it like easy. So right. he's just he's like this, and that's why he is he's like this because he's he's unique. It's true. So my brother, my brother, myself, and Mike have been playing with each other for a long time, and we know what kind of we kind of know the ins and outs of each other, right? We know what we each other like, but we also know what kind of sets us off, what kind of fires us up, and gets us mad. Now, I, I, I imagine not many people try and talk tr smack to you across the net. 
Um, but is there something where you like see the other team doing or they say something to you or something specific where it just fires you up to the point where you're like, okay. You're like, maybe you were like not in but now you're in it. Now you're locked in. Now you're ready to go. Yes, I do have that. But like, but it's just also in the game. Some people, when they say something or when they try to act tough, when they make a point, they watch to the other side. It's like, it depends on the player because from some players you can accept it and some players you already see them and this guy is annoying. And then when this annoys me, then I want to to play strong. <laughs> like we had the first game, I think. <laughs> the first game here, there was one player that we don't need to say the name, but already the, before the game, I yeah, said to yeah, Mike, yeah. man, this guy is annoying. And you will see first attack, he watched our side. So then I was like, okay, now we're going to start to play and we want to win this game. That's a good point. It's so personal. It's personal. It's like yeah. one guy could say like something ridiculous and you're like, bro, I'm not even going to pay attention to this. And then another guy could, and he just looks different or like is different. And he says the exact same thing and it just hits way different. That's a good so, point. I feel the same. So Mike had talked to, so Mike has been talking about, we, we, we have a segment on the show. We call it oversight, Overseas Shiza, which means overseas shit. And when we play as foreigners and we experience these new cultures for the first time, and we're just like, what the, like sometimes there's like moments where you're just like looking around, you're like, what the hell is going on right now? How are you enjoying, Mike has been telling some crazy stories of Turkey. Has it, I mean, you, you'd you played in Turkey before, yeah? You In yeah. 2014? So you'd yeah. kind of had experience with this, yeah? Yeah. But like, would you say Turkey is probably the most craziest place to ever play? And if so, what's the craziest moment you've had in Turkey or anywhere else where you're just like looking around and you're just like, what the heck is going on right now? Well, here in Turkey, it really depends because if we are in Ankara, so here it's for me, everything is normal. Yes, it's a little bit, but no, it's, it's, it's nice here. Istanbul is an amazing city, so everything is okay. But you have some small small teams here, like close to Iran, or there's, I think, one team close to Syria. When you come there, the gym is small, the people are crazy. So, till now, we had this one game in Tursat, it was... Dude, that environment was... It was nice. Hostile, was not, man. Yeah, but it was nice. Too, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. they were aggressive, but not like... Yeah, they were still chill about it. But I remember, I don't exactly remember the which team it was but we were like when it was this 10 years ago when i was playing here like we were playing in one small city in the mountains six hours by bus we came there there was nothing like everything was old it looked like we were we came back 15 years uh, in time and we had the uh, our bench was really close to the to the to the stands and then in one moment like you they were throwing coins, spitting. So somebody also <laughs> surfed. He, they spit him in his neck. So this, that was. Was it you that, that said crazy. that the guy that they spit on him and he uh, took it? it? Yeah, no, no, there's Nico. Oh, there was Nico. There was another one. Like, but that was yeah, that was crazy. But I need to say now, right now, till now, it's not. Uh, That's good. That's good. No, there was good. a there was a story that our other foreigner uh, from Argentina said that this guy, this like super nuts guy. They spit on him, and he took it and like wiped it off and and ate it or like licked it. <laughs> oh my God. And after that, he, he's like, "Dude, they respected him so much, like they wouldn't mess with this guy." <laughs> I wouldn't either. Oh my God, to bite someone's ear off. Jeez. Imagine that. You think you're like sick, like you think you're the like, and you spit on someone. You're like, yeah. And some guy hits you with that, and you're like, oh shit, I'm out of my league, bro. 
we don't want to keep you for too long. I know it's late there. We have a couple more questions. Um, as you get later in your career, you talked about you really don't like to kind of give advice. Um, do you feel like more people are coming to you? Or do you ever feel like a sense like, okay, like I've been through pretty much all the ins and outs of volleyball and I've been through all the highest and highest levels. Is there something where you feel like you don't need to, but you feel like, okay, maybe I should step in here and kind of tell like, okay, this is how it needs to be. Here's something that we need to do or some advice kind of to maybe younger players, mid-level players or anything like that. If right now I'm doing that, yeah, right. of course, yes, of course. Like we have some players here in the team that are not experienced or that need to learn still a lot. So of course you are helping them because they are your teammates and you want to improve as a team. So I try to help them. So th I think that's 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 also normal that players who have seen more that they that they are helping helping the others. So of course it's not that I'm never giving advice or that I don't care about what others do, but you know for some some players you give the advice because you see that you see something that can help them and you saw this a lot of times so then you help them we have one really young guy of mm -hmm. 70 years old in the team so sometimes he's making some things and we say like try this and but never like you have to do this or it's bad that you do no just give advice if to try and i think that's also the best advice because you have also players mm -hmm. that to give advice they get angry or they say you do this shit instead of saying yeah. what you can do or what right. can help you to maybe do it better next time so of course yes here i'm when i see something i say it he's definitely helping a lot of people I that's awesome helping that's me awesome. too so he said a bunch of things that like are small but just so from, you, especially from a setter's perspective not like necessarily technically yeah but just like strategically maybe and some parts of the game that I need to still learn. Do you want to be a coach when you're retired? No. What do you want to do? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I really have no idea yet. But I think the moment I stop volleyball, I will be really done with volleyball. Like, yeah. I'm, I, left, I left my house for volleyball when I was 14, 15. And since then... Then after three years, I left to Italy, so I also quit school. Uh, and since then, basically, the only thing I'm doing is playing the season, then having the national sum national team summer, and like this for now more than 10 years. So I think in in uh, when I quit, I don't know when I will quit, but I think I will be like done with it. Or not done with it, I will still like the sport and maybe I will watch it, I don't know, but I don't think that then again, I want to be like a coach and make it a part of your everyday. Basically, you are living the same life, yeah. but doing much more as a coach. Because we play as we come to the practice, I do my weights and I go home. Then I sleep, I eat, and I do another practice. But the coach, he needs to be there preparing the practice, right. then watching, watching games. So for them, it's like a really full-time job if you want yeah. to do it good. So yeah. I don't see myself doing that. But maybe in a couple of years, I'm I'm changing my mind and I want to do it. But for now, I think I will. I will want to do something like different. Right, and and none of us have been in the game as long as you have professionally. But one thing we have learned in our short careers is that you need a hobby. You need something outside of volleyball either to refresh and re, re to drain everything in your mind, kind of get everything ready so that you are ready to be on the court. 
but when you're not, you need to be not thinking of it. So what are some hobbies? Or like, what is something that you like? Or as well as... But for me, it's, it's more just to do... I don't have like one thing that I'm playing mm-hmm. the guitar or that I'm singing or that I'm... No, I'm just... When I go out of the gym, I try to switch off volleyball right. and just do nice things. Uh, if I can, I spend time with friends. We go to dinner, we go a night out. Uh, name it, just something that is fun. And especially when I have a little bit more free time as because we are always away. If I'm home and I have time, I just want to spend time with friends and just relax and have have fun. And it this can be like I stay an evening on my sofa and I watch Netflix all the night. This can be a perfect night. Right. Or I call Micah tomorrow and we go hiking here. Maybe that's but so it's not like one special thing. For me, it's just really important to switch off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like on my free day or even even during the day, I go to the practice and then I come home and I I'm not thinking. Then right. of course you cannot always do this because some moments of course you think about it. But I try to do that and for me that's that's the most important thing and also that keeps me going because if I should have if I should think all the time about volleyball and everything I do during the day is with my mind on volleyball then I would have quit already a long 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 time ago yeah right for me the most important thing of course I'm not going to do crazy things that risk my volleyball career or or the practice or something but just to switch off and then it can be anything right and before we let you go um we have one more question for you one more question so one thing we kind of talked about is um we always have like something your life is on the go right our lives are on the go as professional volleyball players we're traveling constantly our our entire lives are in suitcases um yeah if you had to choose one item like for me last year for some reason, it was a knife sharpener because I liked to cook last year. If there was one item that you like to bring on the go, I remember we had Eric Shoji on. He said it was a, a portable smoothie blender. I know Micah's probably his portal, his uh, projector. Which what was you, what was yours, Micah? Your on the go item that you that that you like to. I don't remember. Bring. I don't remember. It, w- it was a projector. My brother shares his Xbox. Is there something that you like to bring? Okay, no, it's probably have... my League of Legends laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't have a projector. I thought you did. No. Oh, my bad. It was something like that. But Namir, what would you say your like go-to item is? If you had to pick one of your most prized things that you love to bring with you, no matter where you go, in in terms of moving to a different country. Um. Well, if you are traveling, for example, in the summer with a national team, then then it has to be or my phone or my laptop because in this moment I'm watching a lot of series like. You name one and I watched it so that's the thing that I do a lot so in the travel in the bus in the hotel so then it then it's that good man good man hey with that being said before we wrap it up I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor Dr. Price Electrolytes use the code autism for 20% off and that being amazing. said Namir thank you so much for hopping on brother thank you so much for hopping on Namir no you, wait Namir you been using, have you been using these at all yes they are great my man, Micah, my Micah man, right there. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. yes, yeah. sir. Thank you yes. so much. Hey, thank you so much. If you can't, just remember, you if you can't handle the heat, goddamn kitchen. This has been another episode presented by Doctor Price's Electrolytes.